The romance is over for another year, at least, and the party poppers are packed away. Happy birthday for yesterday, King Kev OBE. It's the Football Ramble on Monday, 15th of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Yes, welcome everybody. Is it Jim Campbell, Jim, or is it Ned Flanders? That's what I can't get my head around. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Depends on the day, really. Jim's um, got a lovely yeah, I mean, moustache right now. And I mean, to be yeah. honest, I'm rocking a bit of a moustache as well. So we look like, in, instead of like the football ramble this morning on, on Monday the, the 15th, we're like two dodgy cops interviewing yeah. a perp and you're the perp kit instead of, instead of cocaine down the docks it's forged copies of, of Debrett's and uh, yeah. who's who <laughs> neither of us know who's the good cop and who's the bad cop no, we're both exactly. just a sort of you know not really sure cop this yeah. to be honest this perp is going to get away yeah. we're going to mess up the paperwork thanks to my asthma they're guilty as sin but they're going to be fine Oi. We are not cut out for this. I am guilty of sin. I was actually feeling as though I was a bit left out because I can't grow a moustache yet until I'm a bit, you know. You get a stick on, Mum. Till I'm, I'm a, a real boy. <laughs> Till I'm a grown up boy. <laughs> but you've really made me feel much more involved by now painting it that I'm on the other end of a sort of crime situation. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. I was thinking, Pete, yours is a bit more sort of. Flanders Fields than Ned. Fl- it's more so you're a sort of poet. You look more like a poet with your with your go-to. Yeah, yeah. I look like yeah. I look like I've got um, some kind of alcohol problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I just feel like in in this situation, um, I've decided to not buy any more clothes for for the entirety of this year because mm. I bought grow too your many own, last grow year. Your own facial so, clothes. Well, exactly. This seems to be what <laughs> I'm doing. I'm experimenting <laughs> with facial hair just to feel something. <laughs> so it's like, like a it. lip. Clothes. Yeah, in a way, I suppose it is. That's nice. And also, you've got your Miami Vice shirt on as well, so we shouldn't. Yeah. We we can paint a beautiful picture for for the listener of exactly the <laughs> the visual treat that I'm experiencing right now on my Zoom. And a lovely end to a lovely treat of a weekend, visually and otherwise, on the football mm. pitch. Um, also, I guess depending on where your loyalties your loyalties lie, should we just kick things off with uh, Leicester beating Liverpool three one? Madison Vardy and Barnes with the goals for Leicester. Three and six minutes, everybody. Alison frowny face, I think, is what my is what my notes <laughs> yeah. say. <laughs> I, th- I kind of feel sorry for Alison here, though, because um, obviously he's not the sort of goalkeeper you associate with regular mistakes, is he? But um, I think, do you think the impact of, of just how many different centre-back pairings he's played in, played behind <laughs> is, is starting to show? Because he doesn't know who's meant to be where. They don't I've know who's meant to be where. Lot, in some cases, they don't even know who this bloke is. Really? Kabak Ka- is his name? Ka- oh, he's run into me. <laughs> Just assume that if they're wearing the same shirt as you or the same shirt as the other players on the field that are your friends, maybe just don't try and just take them out with a swift boot. <laughs> it's insanity. Well, the thing is, as Sunes always gets so pissed off about, they're all friends in football these days, aren't they, guys? They're all saying hello to each other in the in the tunnel. They're all cuddling and kissing. So maybe that yeah. was... Maybe that's the confusion. I don't know, Jim. I, I've heard, uh, no disrespect to your analysis, but I've heard of quite a few people saying that as a, as, a, as an excuse right. for old Alison. And I, I mean, is it not a kind well, of... just go then, shall I? <laughs> 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 yeah, take your moustache with you. Um, is it not... Is it not a, uh, yeah, clearly it seems to be a confidence thing, 
but he also did, didn't really need to be doing that. If you're, Presumably you're talking about the second goal where he's charged straight out mm. into no man's land. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like uh, clearly, you know, there's been miscommunication there, hasn't there? And would, isn't it just the the most typical thing you can imagine that Jamie Vardy would just happen to have been there with an open goal <laughs> at his feet? Like there's not another player in the history of the game that you can expect to be in that situation more. Taking a long time to kind of put it away as well. He really yeah, ran it yeah. into the net to really twist the knife. It was fantastic. But I, I thought I thought Leicester um, really sort of um, equipped themselves well uh, for, for this match in that they could change halfway through it and 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 re- and really again turn the knife on on Liverpool. Like Perez um, uh, coming on as like a, like a number ten, really putting pressure on the on the fullbacks and 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 the diamond is back Brucey at Newcastle showing mm. the way uh, James Love Madison it. at the end obviously James Madison is is the new kind of like football's Jonathan Wilson or or, or like he's like a, a tactical <laughs> yeah. expert he comes out after he, he comes out after the match and and instead of just sort of assuming like leaving it to uh, commentators and, and and statisticians and stuff to, to kind of figure out what's happened in the match he comes out and goes look we played a diamond we've got an Ndidi he's great <laughs> it's it's fantastic I'm enjoying it yeah, Madison's really stepping up on the old uh, post-match, isn't he? It's uh, it's getting better and better. I think he's such an impressive guy generally, um, but you you don't tend to see that level of post-match analysis that often from a player, do you? I mean, we we've been drooling over the Thomas Tuchel stuff, but perhaps he's just trying mm. to step up more quickly. <laughs> He's starting his uh, commentary uh, career really, really early, Madison. He's just kind of trying to get in the kind of Gary Neville kind of mould quite early, I think. Yeah. What, you think this is his pitch for match of the day? Well, Gary Lineker was known as Little Des, wasn't he? As in Des Lynam went while he was still a player because he was exactly the same. He mm. genuinely made an effort in these situations to set up a media career. So Theo Walcott's another one who's pretty good. I imagine we'll see him as a pundit in the future. Oh, it's smart, that. It reminds me of Alex Scott, actually. I did some really small thing with her years and years ago and she was just so well prepared and so clearly like knew exactly what she wanted to talk about. Um, I thought, and that, this was when she was still a footballer, and you're like, this is someone who's got a plan in mind. Uh, we like to see it. Do do Liverpool have a plan in mind? The, the three defeats in a row now. Uh, Brighton, of course, then City, now Leicester. It doesn't, to be honest, feel like that much of a of a shock anymore. Although I suppose the shock in that one is is I guess Pete the the manner of the capitulation. It was three goals in six minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, again, you, you don't expect Alisson to do that. Um, I think the way that Brendan Rodgers uh, plays is that he is quite pragmatic. He will change uh, formations. He will change styles on you quite quickly. And, and Liverpool just didn't cope with the, with the speed of the change, really, and and, uh, and 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 really let themselves down. You know, there's been a lot said about um, Klopp. Obviously, you know, he's, he's mm. had a rough, rough, rough year, really, and mm. um, and it, it's not a great place from uh, at the moment. But look, um, I think Luke probably said it best. On, on, on Twitter uh, over the weekend and it's uh, I hate saying that but he, he, he said that as soon as um, you get a goal uh, against Liverpool the, the heads drop a little bit and I, I do I do agree they just be, become a little bit disorganised and um, and they don't have the mobility they have had in the past and they don't have uh, the defenders that they have had in the past and they'll probably look like a completely different side next season once v- VVD is back <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's it, it, it's sad. I feel sorry for Klopp because he, he he's 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 got a very very well equipped side, but he's he's just struggling with a lot of um, key injuries at, at a key time. And in his personal life, he's obviously having a terrible time as well. Yeah, it's a really 
sad situation, isn't it? Because he, he lost his mother in, in mid-January and then the, the point was just this last week he wasn't able to go to the to go to the funeral. And I think, of course, in anybody's life, that would be the most difficult situation you can imagine. But when you think also of the kind of manager that Jurgen Klopp is, I mean, Julian Nagelsmann, talking about him last year, I think, said that what he does is to manage time and time again to inspire the players emotionally so that they all push themselves mm. to their limits. So a lot of mm. his management style seems to be about being this strong tidal wave of support and vigour and enthusiasm, as well as all the other things that he does so well. And so I think when you're a bit... He must be so emotionally depleted. It's hard to know where he then goes from there. That, that, that said, you, you see the um, interview between Nagelsmann... I think Nagelsmann and Klopp had a chat together on Zoom uh, in the last oh. couple of days, because obviously they, they, before the game on Tuesday. Um, and, and, you know, he, he, he seemed as as bright as ever. I just think he he's not enjoying post-matches. He's not enjoying having to say the same thing, because uh, he is under a lot of pressure. He's not enjoying having to say the mm. same thing over and over again. It's like that, you know, when we see these politicians... Um, I'm trying to think the, the really good example, but but the politicians who have got a, a key phrase that they just, just nail again mm. and again and again, and they yeah. understand that if they deviate from that particular key phrase, um, it could be edited in a way that makes them look less, uh, it, it looks less favourable for them. So... I think Klopp just needs to sort of go into like robot mode. He's all about passion. He's all about expressing himself emotionally. Uh, but he just needs to go into sort of um, autopilot, I think, a little bit and go, yeah, we weren't very good. Um, the keeper d- tried to kick our own defender up the arse. <laughs> it's not ideal, yeah. but we're probably going to, we probably won't see that in the next match. <laughs> but what a goal from uh, for, uh, their, their, their goal, obviously. Um, hell of a back heel and then, and then that finish. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. oh, some goals this weekend Roberto Firmino oh it's amazing mm, yeah absolutely beautiful bit of play just just so so good and it's a shame isn't it that a goal like that ends up um, ultimately mm. being for nothing but I think you know, it's, it's important to not lose Leicester within the story of this as well mm. because they are um, we're at a stage approaching the stage last season where they really dropped off and where their, their, their chance to finish in the top four kind of eluded them a little bit. And, you know, they will be so, so determined to make sure that doesn't happen. And this sort of performance is, is an indicator that they are, they're in it for the long haul this time. There's, there's hopefully going to be no dropping off. I think I'd, I'd love to see them achieve something big this season. I think they take advantage. Sometimes, like There was a big old delay on the, on the VAR for, for, <clears throat> for the goal. And um, it sucked all the momentum out, out of the, the side for, for Liverpool. And, and they took advantage. They, they changed up. And they they look really 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 good, didn't they? Jim, mm. are they on the verge? I think they might be on the verge. <laughs> they're on the they're on the verge of <laughs> losing out to City, um, which is about as just what the Verge viewing platform is at the moment. Um, <laughs> just barring some massive collapse from them, but you know they're as close to the verge as they were last season. Oh, closer, I reckon, because Manchester United looked as though they might be on the verge or the sort of semi-verge or the proximitous verge. Yeah. And then they thought, look, we need to spice this up a bit. We don't want we don't want this talk of a two-horse title race. We, we, we need to draw with West Brom. Relegation <laughs> yeah. candidates, West Brom. We need to give Mbaye Dianya his first goal for West Brom on 83 seconds off the back 
back of a, a lovely cross from Conor Gallagher. Uh, that's what we need. Off the back is the word, Kate. Off the back. <laughs> yeah. On the back. Well, <laughs> like, I think. But uh, Man United at the moment, they're not flat track bullies. They're mid-table bullies. They can't seem to beat the worst or the best in the Premier League at yeah. the moment. And and, and it, just, it did seem kind of obvious because, like, apart from Maguire, they are a bit... Crap in the air at the back of Man United, and and yeah. and, and De Gea's in some kind of self-preservation mode where he he, he won't come and collect yeah. anything. It, it it means like you really have to be careful because teams will will swing in balls, and and and, and they are. I mean, I don't know exactly why that goal was allowed because, in my opinion, Boo, he was clambering. He had, his, he had his hand over the player's <laughs> eyes. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, surely I, there's I, a rule against that. I don't, I don't know. We've seen so many dodgy, weird VAR decisions. How did that get through? My word! If a man can't cover another man's eyes with his hand <laughs> in his enthusiasm for scoring a goal, if he's not got that level of enthusiasm, he doesn't fucking deserve to score a goal, eh, Jim? <laughs> What is this? Yeah, I think you're probably right. And also, that that it's you know for anyone that for whatever reason didn't see that he didn't like jump on his back and put his hands over his eyes. It all happened <laughs> yeah. in a split second. As much as we would have all enjoyed that, yeah. but it was it was amazing, amazing bustle and, and hustle from him, wasn't it? And I think one of the things that really impresses me about Sam Allardyce's teams is how like he just makes the opposition play his game. Mm. It's like they forget they don't have to. Like that, some teams get sucked into it. Like they start knocking yes, it long and yeah. like playing head tennis. And yeah. there was a, a few instances of that yesterday. And this, I saw a really weird stat at the weekend as well. You know, this is the first time that Sam Allardyce, as a manager, has ever drawn a match, apart from all those times when he has, like when he got relegated <laughs> that time. And he always goes on about how he hasn't been relegated. Um, oh, you really had me there uh, for about a second. That was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it should have been a win anyway, shouldn't it? Frankly, not for United. What, for West Brom? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Come on. It's, it's funny, like, the Ollie like Out two. Brigade are out again. Oh, no. Where yeah. are they out to? They shouldn't be going anywhere, Jim. Well, they should be staying home. Well, they should be washing their hands and they should be being polite on social well, media. Well, they're doing, to my knowledge, they're doing most of those things, but that last one has yet again eluded them. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Man United was like, are they actual title challengers, you know? And then, and. Mate, it wasn't and long it ago we were talking again. about we've Spurs said... being actual title challengers. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, well, that was a nightmare, wasn't it? Or maybe that's just me. Um, uh, cheese dream. But yeah, they. Uh, it does we've said many times that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seems to be very good at putting a run together when his job is really under pressure and then he'll kind of reaffirm things a bit shore them up and then it will collapse again and that seems to be kind of what's happening now they just looked a little bit unimaginative and sluggish um, slow I, I thought yeah very Pogba never seemed like more uh, relevant and, and important to that side it really was something else and they just need to stop shipping goals so like 30 30 odd goals or something and, and most of any club in the top nine it's 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 not ideal can we talk about though the Bruno yes. Fernandez goal now people on oh, Twitter lovely. are ill they are ill they said some pretty respectable people on Twitter Wait, on pandemic, were comparing to be honest like, I know well all right okay okay they might be, they might be ill for other reasons but they that some of them were some of really respectable people were comparing that goal to Zidane's volley in the Champions League final oh god he, it was in the Champions oh. League final and Bruno's was at the God. Hawthorns for fuck's sake to draw against West Brom. It was a bored-looking man chinning a goal in between four disinterested West Brom defenders. It was... It was... It was a OK goal. It was good, but he, he wasn't under any pressure. 
Ings was better yesterday. At least I had a bit of pace. Mm. Lowndes yeah. as well. Lowndes was incredible. Shut Just... up, Twitter. <laughs> Shut up. It's, it's so tedious, isn't it? Uh, Wrong. Did you see Harry Maguire? About the goal, can I just say, I like it though, Pete, when when your legs are at a perfect right angle. That always pleases me. My legs? That's how it works. Right. No, well, yours too. I'm, but... I'm seated care. I mean, they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but Fernandez's legs were at this perfect right angle. And also, did you like the celebration? It was very tender. Did you see the tender celebration? Little tender <laughs> yeah. kiss and rub on the back of the head from Edinson Cavani. I guess the idea is you're not allowed to face each other when you're celebrating. It was just very... Right. It's very sweet. You've got to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that's, how, that's how West Brom scored the first goal. Just clamber <laughs> on the back. Yeah. Did you see what Harry Maguire said after the game? Oh, didn't he blame Klopp? <laughs> didn't he blame Klopp for saying that um, they, they, get, they, don't, they get too many penalties? Or something? <laughs> oh, like there was that, yeah. He didn't name Klopp, but right. he said ever since other people from other teams <sighs> spoke about us, we've got absolutely nothing from the ref or VAR, right. words to that effect. Um, but he also said, you're never going to come here and create 10 clear-cut chances. It's like, have you seen that? West Brom this season? <laughs> you might get seven or eight. You know, you could like... Yeah, just just work on seven or eight first, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that seems like quite a lot. I mean, I'm as we know, I'm no maths genius, but um, that does. Do seem we know? Like... <laughs> well, you could be hiding your maths genius under a under a bushel oh, kit. We don't thanks. know. Oh, that's that's nice of you, but I did I do you know like in the when we played that masked winger and I couldn't work out the eighty one makes you forty or whatever. Anyway, maths is not my is not my game, um, and and seemingly it's not Harry Maguire's either. He turned into a sort of court jester in his reactions. I felt like at the end, you know, when he hit the bar in the like ninety fifth minute, he sort of slumped out really like on the floor, yeah. arms and legs, really reacting. I don't know. I mean, it was like frustration, yes, and I'm sure he was frustrated, but it was also like acting frustration. What do we make? Yeah. What do we make this of that? This is what a captain looks like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure there's, there's I'm sure it's he's genuinely passionate about it and genuinely frustrated, but I know what you mean. It's just like I think there was a bit of a pause, wasn't there? There's was too, too long a pause. It's like, mm, how do I react now? He gets his know, kabuki know, mask out. Hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. Sam Johnston's save oh, was something amazing, else. Though. Though. Yeah, you can't. I mean, maybe that added to it. Yeah, you're right. That was great. Yeah. But yeah, Diania should have should have scored a couple of times. I think there was one in just about two minutes before the end should have put away. So yeah, I, I two points dropped for West Brom in the end. I think, um, which Allardyce said as well. A game we easily could have won. Solskjaer says uh, we're not going to let them run away with it. I think he means uh, Manchester City, <laughs> but adding that life yeah. is so unpredictable. So See, who the that bloody hell knows? Me. <laughs> See, I, I think like, you know, I've got no dog in the Man United fight, but you, you go back to the way that Solskjaer seems to fall back on this sort of talk when things aren't going well. Mm. And when he says like we're not going to let them run away with it, it's like he doesn't have the results and achievements to back up that kind of talk. So it isn't uh, really him yeah. for him to say because <laughs> City are running away f- with it. <laughs> And there's nothing Man United can do about it, or they surely would be doing it. Well, I mean, they should. I mean, would help to beat West Brom, I guess. That that's the sort of it thing would. that would definitely help. It, it means so at that end, of course, Man City are seven points clear, and they have a game in hand. Um, Fulham at the other end are now five points clear of West Brom after they beat bloody Everton two 0 which was uh, last last game last night. Uh, really, a brilliant mm. effort from. It was a really good one, yeah. From from Fulham and Scotty Parker. You get to see another dynamic post-match from him, which will doubtless be set to the streets <laughs> afterwards. So, 
<laughs> Something there for everybody. I do feel sort of sorry for Ancelotti because this can't be a game he really understands. He understands football. He gets good players. They have some games where they play really well and then they just they just do that against... I don't know if yeah. Fulham are, are an OK side for where they are in the table, but Everton just do this every single season for patches. They avert. It's a verb. To avert. It's, it's, it's chaos theory. It's black swan theory. They do... They do... They go against everything that's expected. When was the last time Ancelotti saw this? Reggiano? Like, he, they, we won't have seen this happening to his side for a very, very long time. But Fulham, like, their next three... Burnley, Sheffield United, Palace, Newcastle. It was just above um, by a, a canny few points, but it's 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 you can chomp them up like Pac Man. Um, Man United, Wolves, and uh, Chelsea as well. Still plenty of mileage in the uh, in, in the relegation battle. One one would suggest. Mm, well, a good win then from Fulham. We're going to get to a break in a second, but we must just tell you before we do uh, that there is a new. Football Ramble Presents Book Club out today. Make sure you head over to the Football Ramble Presents feed and find the brand new episode of the Book Club. It's it's a goodie. It's uh, it's something we neither... So it's Jim and me and a woman called Anne Turnquist, who is, you might not have seen out in your football, your general football readings at any point, because what she actually is, is a crime reporter. Yes, we have got for you some true crime over on Football Ramble Presents. She's here with us to talk about her bestseller, Follow Fucking Orders, although in the print run it is uh, asterisked out, I'm glad to say, although, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, it tells the story about how this promising uh, Swedish footballer became the victim of a brutal gangland execution. She talks to us all about how she came to write the book and how she herself became a target of the crime boss who ordered the killing. So, yeah, you can uh, enjoy a bit of that from the comfort of your own home, uh, as as Jim and I did. Uh, give it a listen. I think you'll really enjoy it. In fact, it's a break now. You can go and download it right now. Um, another corner. Not too worried about these corners. I mean, it might come back to bite me here, but I think Tottenham have got the dominant dominance in the air there, you know, so I'm not sure anyone can get ahead on the first ball for Liverpool, apart from that. Oh, <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's me, Pete and Jim, in your ears this Monday. Let's quickly get a Betway four to score update for you from this weekend. Entries to Betway's four to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game for the T's and C's apply. Let's see how we got on. Well, we started well, friends. Very well indeed. Marcus Speller, I think, I mean... I'm not sure about the stats on this, but I'm pretty sure this might be the first one he's ever picked correctly. What do we think, guys? Southampton up against Wolves. <laughs> it's uh, a lunchtime kickoff. He chose Danny Ings. It was Danny Ings. Next up, Jim, you went for Bruno Fernandes in the West Brom Man United game. Difficult one to read, I'd have said. It wasn't by Diania. Then Arsenal against Leeds. Andy Brassel picks Patrick Bamford. The result was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And then the fourth game, Sunday night, Luke picked Dominic Calvert-Lewin. The result was Josh Madger, one of his two. So, one out of four. Hey, not bad. It, we'll be back with another round of Betways. Four to score on the previous show this Friday. Just 
Yes, it is indeed time for your emails. Uh, Mollers has been in touch. He didn't want us to use his real name. And on the <laughs> subject of commentary mishaps, uh, he says in the early tens, uh, is that how we say it? I don't know. We is just, it teens? We move on from that, don't we? Is that we? what that is? Yeah, I don't I just think we just never speak of it again, that, that entire two <laughs> decades where we right. didn't know how to what to call the decade. But in the early 10s, I did text commentaries for an organisation based in the town I was studying in. They basically used students for cheap labour, <laughs> even though their commentary went out to national and international newspaper websites and sports sites. Why did he not want us to use his name? That's the question I've got. <laughs> Well, you will see. In the penultimate game of the 2012-2013 season, I was commentating on a match involving my team Reading and my colleague's team Man City. The game was a drab affair, and to make things a little more exciting, at half-time, my colleague and I concocted a comment that, according to sources, Manchester City have made an approach to Sir Alex Ferguson to become their director (laughs) of football. It it duly got published, and we continued the game thinking nothing (laughs) of it. The problem was that a national UK newspaper picked up on the comment and ran ahead headline piece on it, despite there being absolutely no truth to it whatsoever. <laughs> Cute an evening of panicked phone calls to me from our UK and then American head offices, demanding to know where I'd got my information, who my sources were, and why I was just using it as a throwaway comment in a match commentary. I came clean and confessed <laughs> that it was made up, leading to a severe dressing down and the newspaper withdrawing the story on their site. I still kept the job, though, so you're good to see that those standards were upheld. <laughs> um, oh, nice one, Mollers. I, I thought, don't remember that. I thought initially he was a spy, but I now see why he didn't want us to to use his real name. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's I a think it's fantastic though. Like just having that yeah. power, I'm not surprised he didn't lose his job. This guy's like <laughs> yeah. the kingmaker. He can just trot out <laughs> any old bollocks, and it becomes uh, front page news uh, uh, halfway around the world. Uh, got an email from uh, Jared Fennell. Hello, Jared. Um, I have a much more iconic beer drinking story that lives on in Vancouver Whitecaps folklore. Love a bit of the Vancouver Whitecaps, Peter Beasley's old club. In 1979, the Whitecaps won the soccer ball and crucial to the title victory was a game against the San Jose Earthquakes. A goal and a man down, the Whitecaps managed to hit back and win 2-1. For the winning goal, upstep Rangers legend Wee Willie Johnson, Johnston rather. <laughs> uh, after winning a corner, he trots over to take it and he was offered a beer on this hot summer evening. He takes a sip and then whips in a perfect corner for the winning goal. In Johnston's words, uh, he said, uh, I remember I went to take a corner and this wee boy shouted, he was a Scotch boy, and he shouted, do you want a drink, Willie? I said, oh yeah, I'd love a drink. And I took it and it was warm and I went, oof, and I gave him it back. Uh, even today, there is a banner at the stadium which reads Willie's Corner, uh, commemorating the occasion. Um, if you want to read more about uh, wee Willie Johnston, um, he's not as romantic a figure as you might <laughs> as that story might suggest. <laughs> Crush yeah. A man's windpipe say. with his foot. Oh, that was Ooh. not the thing. I, 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 he was sent home from a World Cup, wasn't he? Willie Johnston, back in the day. Hair fever drugs, because of his hair fever drugs. We've all right. taken hit me and James Campbell, the the police uh, duo. Uh, Miami mm-hmm. has taken to its heart. We're always down the docks, and the drug dealers have always got their excuses. Oh, we're just importing yeah. um, nasal sprays. Oh, it's antihistamines. <laughs> it's only antihistamines. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute scum, a lot of them. I don't know you, the Asthma <laughs> Brothers or whatever, the hay fever pals. <laughs> Guys, yeah. <laughs> the hay fever pals. <laughs> Brilliant. If you want to get to your show, footballramble.com, and you can tweet us at footballramble. Now, we need to get to the Etihad where Manchester City mullered Tottenham Hotspur 3 0. Roger with a, a lol 
penalty, basically. And then two from Ilkay Gundogan. Ilkay Gundogan, bloody hell, no player in Europe's top five leagues has scored more goals in this calendar year than Gundogan. He has 11 in total. And if you like that stat, how about this one? Manchester City haven't trailed for a single minute in any of their past 15 Premier League games. Hand them the bloody title now, Jim. Hand it, just hand it to them. Just, yeah. Uh. <laughs> They're just walking it. They're just walking <laughs> it, aren't they? I'm sure we're going to sort of come on to Edison really wanting to take the penalty and having to be told that he can't take it. But like just weeks ago, we were talking about this being the tightest Premier League season ever. And now we are seriously <laughs> discussing City's goalkeeper taking the penalties for a laugh when they're not even winning at that point. And Kate, as a Tottenham fan, does it? do you feel at least happy that Pep respected you enough to start a striker? Oh, that's nice of you to say. Um, I no, I'm mainly bored about the fact that Edison didn't take the penalty. That for me was that was the the shit icing on the on the cake mm. of shit. Um, so you know, uh, <laughs> that's that's all like that's all the positives I can take. I I. I I get frustrated because I feel as though we have a team actually for I know that there's all this chat about needing a whole load of new players but we actually have a team with some very very good talent in it and I just feel as though um, and this is something I spoke about a lot back in the day when when Jason Mourinho was at Manchester United I just feel as though people need different ways of being nurtured and many people if not most people do not feel nurtured and encouraged to do their best work if people aren't necessarily giving them the confidence to do that or telling them oh just stop making mistakes guys you 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 know you've you're 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 being a bit shit why are you being so shit yeah i'm the boss and i tell you not to be you know Mm. I, I mean, you've, you're still in Europe and you've still got a League Cup final. I mean, that I, we will lose four <laughs> 0 But they, they you know, know they, like they need to up the intensity, don't they, Jim? It's like I, I think the, the, yeah. the main problem is like Jose Mourinho's trying to play slightly more expansive football. He is a defensive manager. You've got Son there who has kind of carried uh, some some matches on his on his not so broad shoulders, and, and he's fallen off a bit. He, he will be back, no doubt. Oh, um, you've got. Yeah. A goalkeeper in this match, obviously, who 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 well, who's he got snapping at his heels? Joe Hart. Like what? <laughs> mm. There's not a lot of competition competition for places in the Spurs side, but fundamentally, like I I, I don't think it's as bad as everyone yeah. saying. Man City are a very good football team, and good one scoring more goals because he's just been literally the the change in formation. Man City side has just been <laughs> move Gundogan closer to the goal, and he seems to score more goals. It's not rocket <laughs> yeah. science. Yeah, but unfortunately with Spurs, we seem to have moved Harry Kane further away from the goal and and that has had the opposite yeah. effect. <laughs> there did seem to be a lot of, of cases in the, in the game where an individual Spurs player was basically faced with just having to take on the whole team. <laughs> the city is so good mm. at, at swarming and just like just dominating the positions on the, on the pitch almost. But I, I agree with you, Pete. I think there's a lot of alarmism around Spurs at the moment. I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. And I think the... Um, the Carabao Cup will be interesting because this is a real reminder that they they're going to have to absolutely jose that game. It's going to be park the bus properly, like eke it out, just stop it as a spectacle. So it'd be interesting to see if if he can do that with the personnel. And I I, I guess I fall into Pete, the we can't defend. The whole point is our best bits are the bits at the front. So I don't know what's the point of doing that. We need to be doing things, active things. We need to be trying to create opportunities. 
I guess like we did in the FA Cup, <laughs> I embarrassedly concede. I mean, I, I mean mm. I, it, it must be galling for Jose not to be able to get a tune out of Davinson Sanchez because he, he's just looked really off the pace, really confused about his positioning. He lets players just kind of uh, leave his, his radius of influence, let's say. And, 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 and he, I think... Um, obviously, Levy's going to be furious about how much how much uh, resale value is going to get out of him. Oh, don't! Yeah, that the was poor uh, lad on the ground. Not his finest moment. That was sad. <laughs> it's a nice little header on the ground. Yeah. I liked it. Like a little it worm really trying was. to eat. A, what do worms eat? Smaller worms. Yeah, the, the screenshots uh, of Gundogan. Just like about to strike the ball, and Davinson Sanchez face down on the floor, <laughs> which is quite at telling. His feet. Ah, praise you, yeah. Gundogan. You're so great. Oh. Dear, oh dear. Um, so I think maybe I I run the risk of falling into the trap myself that I've just spoken about, about the alarmism around Spurs. Mm. But Kate, do you think there, there is a possibility that that kind of, the, the drain that we associate with Jose Mourinho having been at a club for a little while and, and the effect it has on the players has maybe been accelerated by COVID and the sort of condensed season? Because this is like... You know, he seems to be falling out of players and they, they're maybe not responding. That you, you associate that with the third season in his cycle mm. and it seems mm. to be happening now. Well, interestingly, he started being quite... He's been doing these sort of... Not on bail, obviously, although bloody hell, did you see that little dribble? That was lovely. Um, but he, uh, he started saying stuff about broadly positive stuff quite often after results that you wouldn't think he'd be feeling very positive about, such as that one. So it's almost as though he is... I don't know, same as when he came in and he was all laughs and jokes, Jose. It's almost as though he is sort of trying to do something slightly different. But maybe it's a case that, you know, you've got to follow your instincts, especially if you're someone who has won all those all those titles. But I don't, as a Spurs fan, off the back of Poch, I don't want um, it to be all all misery and, and pain. Or did you say misery? Misery. <laughs> like, like, it's a biz, business misery. That is Mourinho in a... Misery business, in a portmanteau, isn't song. it? It's all misery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fear so. I mean, look, let's. Uh, should we talk about some some penalty lols as well? Edison, why can't he take the penalty? Is that disrespectful? I mean, the the danger is that if you miss and the ball stays in play, then you've got a well, we can bit all, of a problem. Yeah, but we can you? all but miss. I, doubt that I mean, that would ever happen. Yeah, I think he just the idea is he scores, isn't it? That's the. Could yeah. he? Could he not just? I mean, could he not just run over and like rugby tackle someone and just gra- grab the ball with his hands and then get a yellow? It's <laughs> a great idea. It's I not mean, denying you... a goal scoring opportunity, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we all want to see it. We all want to see it, but you don't want to see it against your own club. Do you no, know what I mean? You'd feel true. so personally insulted. No, I want to see. It. I wanted <laughs> to see it. a goalkeeper doing it. I wanted it. to see it. Disrespect him. That's the old Guardiola Mourinho. Remember back in like the early noughties in the nineties, where like, to Andy Chagrin, no doubt that uh, Wimbledon would get uh, all of the great goals scored against them. Just start, just do it against Wimbledon. Yes. Try it there. That's the petri dish of mm. disrespect for the entirety of the <laughs> football league. And then, and then you know, do it elsewhere yeah. as well. Um, before we move on from this game, yes. can we talk about Martin Tyler's breathing? Because I've <laughs> I've now stopped listening to the fake crowd noise, right. and I'm I'm just gonna have to put it back on because he's just breathing <laughs> into the microphone a lot, and it is like it's like I think the crowd have been covering this up in the past. Do you remember? Mm. Uh, we all old enough to remember the day after the smoking ban, where you'd walk into a pub and it's like, oh, this smells horrendous. <laughs> Bring the smoke back. It's, 
sort of a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. The um, uh, Vish on, on WhatsApp was talking about. Remember the um, Tears on Days chocolate rain, chocolate rain, and he used yes. to, and, and every time to, to um, in between lines, he'd sort of. Um, put his head away from the mic to breathe, and his little little yeah. subtitle comes up. I move away from the mic to breathe. Jacqueline Green, and it's live. I'm always. Are you not a bit but, nervous, Jim, saying stuff about people breathing into my, as a man, as a podcast veteran? Are you not nervous that people are then going to pick up some weird stuff about your breathing? I always feel a We're bit... We're hair fever boys. Uh, we don't yeah, care. <laughs> We're what? We're ripped to the tits on uh, Beckoners. <laughs> yeah. Just testing it all out from down the dock. <laughs> we don't even want it, but we've got to know what it is. Yeah. Oh. You do You do sometimes hear podcast... Lukey at, at points has... In, 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 in uh, the deep and distant past, he used to be a bit of a, a mic breather, I seem to recall. Mm. Uh, but he's, he, he stopped that. But then he's picked up the drinking a water bottle, a uh, Nalgene bottle, halfway yeah. through it as well. Um, you do hear it on other podcasts. I could, I could give you some notables from other football podcasts, for example, oh, but uh, I shan't. Don't keep my own counsel. That. We don't need... You're the hay fever boys. You're just neutral. You don't. You're not the Jets and the the other lot. You're We're reactionary. Re- yeah, very reactionary. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Arsenal, guys? Arsenal four leads two, three 0 lead before half time. Saka and Aubameyang, the engine behind that. Arsenal storming to tenth. Jim, you must be very proud. Um, yeah. <laughs> Aubameyang with a hat trick by forty seven minutes. Okay, they did then concede a couple of goals. And the problem with playing Leeds, I think, is that you basically feel as though you might not win throughout. Yeah, very <laughs> much so. And if Arteta said that at half time and still it happened, which is credit to Leeds, really. Don't, I think don't bring both Willian teams on then. Were very <laughs> bring Martin Ellie on, mate. Oh, God. <laughs> Willian. Go, oh, no. oh, why did my car stop? Because you got your hand on the fucking handbrake, you dick. <laughs> yeah. He, honestly, he's the herald of the same. <laughs> If if William comes on, things nothing's going to change about the result fundamentally. It's just I forget he's there, and then every time I mean I know it's, it's he's become a lightning rod, and he's a better player than than the abuse he's getting suggests. But he needs he needs a goal. He needs a, he needs a really good performance and a goal at some mm. point. Um, but yeah, otherwise I was I was kind of kind of really happy with with the way Arsenal played. Like uh, Erdegaard's proper you know, first start was, was encouraging. The fact that him and Emil Smith-Rowe played together and worked together was really, really good as well. Mm. Uh, Aubameyang looks to have the confidence that he had fr- from last season. That first goal in particular was a great, great example of that. So mm. I was just really happy with the way, with with everything Creating about chances. it. I mean, obviously you don't want to... Yeah, you they 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 did. They were very, very creative, which is what you want to see. And obviously conceding the two goals in the second half was annoying, but such is Leeds. You know, they, they're going to... They're going to throw that at you. Did you see that uh, Bielsa stopped on camera as he was getting off the bus uh, uh, just to stare at a picture of the Arsenal squad? He just stopped yeah. and, and took it all in. He's like Johnny Five from Short Circuit. He will never stop absorbing <laughs> input. It's incredible. This is why you love him, isn't it? Also the post-match. You can see clearly from watching the game that the opposing manager prepared this game much better than I did. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> no. I like it. A lot of time for that. <laughs> Leeds missed Calvin Phillips, certainly. And and let's face it, they could have had a penalty for 4-3. Oh, Patrick Bamford crowded yeah. out. Definitely a foul outside the box, if it had been. So why, Jim Campbell, are we not yeah. watching a nervy Arsenal trying to hold on with the ghost of 10 years ago against Newcastle? 
Yeah, I'm, I was surprised that wasn't a penalty, to be honest. I think we got away with that a little bit. Uh, but maybe the referee just thought, surely Arsenal haven't been that Arsenal. Have they? Nah, I must have imagined that. <laughs> so <they're sort> of <laughs> I, yeah, I think they were quite hard done by there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it, to be honest. I don't, I don't care if the rules go in our favour. <laughs> Jim Campbell speaking completely honest. for all football fans there, I think it's yeah. probably fair to say. <laughs> um, guys, now we, we must... I'm sad we haven't devoted the entire second after this, but but as we mentioned, Kevin Keegan was yesterday 70 years old. Um, yeah. the, the three of us, as you'll be able to see, dear listeners uh, on socials, have celebrated with a full perm to go with our moustaches. <laughs> How have you celebrated? Tell us. Show at footballramble.com. Um, Pete, do, you, do we think he went anywhere in his full Newcastle kit in a helicopter to celebrate the big day? Uh, no, no. I, he, nobody ever talks about where he landed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. they, didn't, they never talk about like, um, like it very much like uh, Donald Trump went to. Uh, is it Fort Worth? Not Fort Worth. That's Dallas, isn't it? He fought something or other. Um, oh, yeah, Camp yeah, David. Yeah. Did you go to Camp David? I don't know. But either way, like, nobody talks about where, where, where Keegan uh, landed in, in that situation. But. What a what a playing career! What what a great sort of way to end yeah. a playing career! Like he goes from the European Cup with Liverpool, fucks off to Hamburg for literally no reason. <laughs> he, he has a he terrible he likes first German. season. And, That's what he yeah, says well, in his autobiography well, yeah. that I finished recently. He says he liked the German. He's a multicultural yeah. man. Why the well, he didn't not? like this. He didn't like the first season because no one passed the ball to him because they all hated oh, him. <laughs> Bless well. him. You're Aww. only allowed two foreign Aww. players in in German squads at that at that point, but I, I love I love Why hearing we this Kevin one? Keegan. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love hearing uh, uh, Mighty Mouse speaking German. It's, it's adorable. But look, I, I, we've spoken at length, or rather. I've spoken at length to defend uh, the great man. Uh, he's 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 a bloke who just got Newcastle United, and and for me, he that that's why he I I, I love him. He's just a man who who just has immense personal pride in a game full of absolute charlatans. He's a he's, a, he's, yeah. he's he, he was a footballer who was who was the best in Europe at times, and. He was a man. He was not respected, perhaps, where he should be as a manager. But he, he would get to a point with the club where, if he felt that he wasn't giving a decent account of himself, or, or the club were taking the piss in Newcastle's uh, 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 case in, in in the last stages of both um, periods at Newcastle, he would just walk away. He didn't want to put his name to it, and, and he talks quite eloquently now in that interview in the Athletic with Alan Shearer about how. Uh, he sometimes wants Newcastle to lose because that might affect some change. And I, I do agree. I do get that quite a lot, to be honest, because I think when 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 matches start to turn south for Newcastle, like Bruce has just set up this weird defensive formation with 20 um, uh, centre-backs and, and, and that, I, I do sometimes think, would a 1-0 loss paper over the cracks a little bit for, uh, for, for Newcastle? Maybe a 5-1 pasting sends a message to the pricks that I hear constantly telling me that Newcastle have, have Newcastle fans have unrealistic expectations and, 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 and even though we're fucking hovering around the relegation spots, would Newcastle doing a Sunderland or a Man City and dropping down a couple of leagues, Ridders of Ashley possibly mm. would. But so, so, so I do kind of get the way he feels, I think, when Newcastle sometimes. And, and, uh, oh man, he gave, he gave me and every Newcastle fan such great memories. And, uh, yeah. And John Beresford once told him to fuck off. So, <laughs> yeah. I think as well, Pete, that that transcends just Newcastle fans. I think as someone yeah. who grew up watching football in the nineties, fell in love with football in the nineties, and when the Premier League really bloomed, I suppose he was a huge, huge part of that. And the way he got Newcastle playing, 
almost four threes as well, even though obviously, you know, Newcastle weren't on the were on the wrong side of those against Liverpool, just as a neutral, they were some of the, the best football and most thrilling football that, that we've seen. And it's a really lovely interview with Alan Shearer in the in the Athletic, isn't it, where they just clearly they just nattered on for ages about the good old days. And it's just you've you know We've said a lot of things about Kevin Keegan on this podcast, <laughs> many of them deeply disrespectful. But he is clearly a lovely, lovely man who p- played a huge part in one of the most entertaining teams in the history of the Premier League. And it is just really nice to, to, to read him and Shearer talking about the, the good old days. And it's it's sad as well to hear about the way he was treated by the Ashley regime. when he mm. I mean, he says he doesn't even really count his second spell at Newcastle. No. And I think, you know, you can't help but kind of think that that's reasonable to be honest mm. he, it, he, he was just feel brought, brought in as a PR move and not backed yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah why would you not welcome Kevin Keegan to St James's Park that's <laughs> that's not that's like not welcoming Ian Wright at, at, at Arsenal or like Jürgen Klinsmann at Spurs it's, it's, it's absurd well Ian yeah. Wright Absolutely wasn't absurd. Ian Wright wasn't welcome at Arsenal for quite a while wasn't he he, he got kind of come back in the affections because he was too awesome to ignore <laughs> <What's> <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd love him, absolutely love him, and and, and the caliber and and the caliber of footballer he he got at Newcastle United, mainly down to him, mainly down to his reputation as a player, mainly down to his charisma, mainly you know Rob yeah he, Rob Lee probably wouldn't have been uh, a Newcastle player. I think he's probably going to go to Manchester United if he didn't explain to him that you know Newcastle's closer to London, which isn't. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was Middlesbrough. Was it middle- I think it was actually right. Middlesbrough rather than Man United. Right, yeah. okay, nice. not much in it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> the Shira piece, if you haven't read it, guys, on the on the Athletic, it, it opens. Kevin Keegan is seventy on Valentine's Day, and off the top of my head, it is difficult to think of anything more appropriate. So he's definitely in the Pete Donaldson camp on this one. I mean, you bring up a good point, Pete, and I, perhaps I'll send it over to you, Jim. Are Newcastle fans entitled? Would you say? Why are we talking well, about just... this? <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> Anyway, when the show entitled, you don't have to answer that Steve one. Bruce mate. is doing an all right job. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't have to answer it. You don't have to answer it. You can evacuate. A uh, quick nod to our Patreon, by the way, guys. Um, over there, you can listen to a brand new episode of the Teams of Our Lives. And on today's episode, Marcus and Andy are talking all about Keggy's entertainers. So, what a perfect way to celebrate the man himself. Head over to patreon.com slash football ramble for all of that lovely stuff. That's what I'm going to be doing after this. What are you up to, Pete? Apart from you might want to fix this perm. <laughs> yeah, I need to um, have some hair relaxant um, and spend the day <laughs> relaxing my hair back because it's not a good look. I look weird. <laughs> and Jim, I well, guess... You're going to have to... Uh... You'll be twizzling, twizzling the moustache. Well, I was just going to say that Detective Donaldson and I mm. do not have time to rest, so no. we'll be off down the docks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got, we got perps to nail. Yeah. Good luck out there. It's a dangerous, dangerous world. And, you know, I just want to say on behalf of, of Britain that we, we appreciate and respect the work you two men do under difficult and dangerous circumstances. Miami On tomorrow's show, <laughs> it is Jules, Andy and Jim. Do join us then. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.